Luke chapter 2. So we are in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you again as we come to you this morning. Lord, as we read this story that is oh so familiar to us. But Lord, at the same time, it it brings a message that isn't normal in this world. And so, Lord, we are attentive to what you would have for us this morning. Lord, be with Pastor Doug as he comes. Give him strength in his voice. Lord, bless his preparation that you have uh, led him to this week. And Lord, we ask that you would just bless this time and that you would be our honored guest. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Please don't think that I am trying to neglect any of you, but it's best that I don't get too close to you. Um, I was quarantined for the last five days with this new variant called COVID. And I was given medication that I'm supposed to take three tablets in the morning, three tablets in the evening, and they leave this awful taste in your mouth. It's not the grossest thing I've ever tasted, but it's pretty close. That and liver, it's about that that way. Yeah. The worst thing about it, though, is as my wife went to this uh, pharmacy and got this medication for me, she came home and said, Guess how much this cost? Waiting for the bad news, she said, no, it was free. The government's giving it away. And I said, what? (laughs) Medication from the government I'm taking for this thing? So if all of a sudden my genetic makeup changes, (laughs) I just want you to know, just want you to know it's, it's not by my power, but not by my might, saith the Lord. Amen. <laughs> well, as you can see, we're at the, the third candle 
of our destiny here. But what's interesting about it is that the third candle is a different color than all of the others. Obviously, when we get to the big center candle on Christmas Eve, that's the Christ candle. But today, the pink candle is the shepherd's candle. I had to do some research because I wanted to know why that particular candle is a different color than the other three purple ones. And I came to realize that the color, that that particular color, if you will, is because it is a liturgical color that represents joy. I didn't know that. If that's the only thing you learned today, at least you've learned something from this sermon this morning. But before we get going too quickly here, I need to make a couple of announcements. Uh, number one, uh, the Christmas Eve service next week is going to be fantastic. Uh, there's going to be a couch up here on the platform. I can't wait to preach from that. But no, uh, and much special music, and, and just looking for a great family time to be together. If you can be with us, that'll be super. Mark it down. It starts at 6. The other thing, too, for the next two Sundays, that's next week, Christmas Eve, and then the week after that, New Year's Eve, there will be no Sunday school classes for the adults and no Sunday school classes at all, if you will. And that means next Sunday, we have our worship service, then we send you out. There's not going to be anything over there for a treat for you to get, so you might as well just go home. <laughs> and, and then come back at night. But on the 31st, the deaconesses are planning some big-time stuff. They want you to help by obviously bringing some good desserts. <laughs> and... Uh, if, if you don't know what to do with that fruitcake that your Aunt Esther sent you from Nebraska, bring that along. We'll, we'll have a fruitcake tossing contest out in the parking lot. No. So there won't be Sunday school classes for the next two weeks. Okay? Everybody clear with that? Amen. All right. It is the candle of joy that we will focus on this morning. But I had to get some kind of definition. What is joy? And joy, I can tell you, is not the same as happiness. <coughs> Excuse me. Happiness is a sense, if you will, that as your environment is going well, you're satisfied with that. You're happy with that. And obviously, when your environment or things in your environment do not go well, that produces in you a sadness. Joy, on the other hand, is different. Joy is the understanding that even in the midst of things that are going wrong in your circumstances, God is in control. And in that, you can rest with him. Now, what does that have to do with the sermon? Well, I'll, we'll get to that, but let me just give you a little bit of seed thought. The shepherds were interrupted. <laughs> Mary was interrupted. 
And if they were depending upon their circumstances that were around them, there would have been no joy. And, and so my, my purpose this morning, in a, in a very uh, quick fashion, if I may, is, is to at least highlight for you three, if you will, from a biblical perspective that all come from the narratives of Matthew and Mark or Matthew and Luke of, of three things that joy does. Jesus brings us joy and salvation. Uh, obviously, you should be getting an amen from that from you, but you're just as dead as you were singing that joy, joy, joy song. But I did appreciate the loudness, and then all of a sudden, half of you just stopped singing. <laughs> okay, I appreciate that. So Jesus brings us joy and salvation, but joy also produces proclamation. And then lastly, joy produces praise. There's a huge difference between praise and proclamation. We're going to see that. But at least I wanted to give you a little bit of a journey path as to what we are going on. And, and now, really, before I get started, I don't see where is Wade Schaefer. He's not here today. He knew I was going to point him out. <laughs> Wade Schaefer and Eli and Adam, I think, with the other two boys, they literally tore apart an old international tractor and they rebuilt it and now it is part of a program I guess it's going to be down in Harrisburg at the farm show but what you need to do is this it's all over the internet look at that touch his picture a video and you just watch it for a couple minutes and then you scroll down and you vote for that to be your best. Because there's an award that's going to be for best viewing. And so far, Line Mountain is in the lead. Now, if all of you vote, I'm sure we can push it over so that it, 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 they'll get a, uh, a trophy or something. I don't know what they get. Probably a $5 uh, gift card. <laughs> as, as we give to all of you as visitors, good to have you here. If you like Dunkin' Donuts, you can take there and get a small coffee. You won't pay a thing. But anyway, uh, I wanted to highlight that because they worked diligently on that tractor. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. So just check that out. Okay, check that out. That, uh, okay, now let's get back to what we're supposed to be about here this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew we're going to be in Matthew chapter 1 and chapter 2, and then put something in Luke's gospel in chapter 1 and chapter 2. Matthew 1 and 2, Luke 1 and 2. Because we're going to be looking at this wonderful candle, at least we're looking at the joy. Now, what's also interesting about this particular Sunday in the, in, if you will, the Fellowship of the Advent, is this particular Sunday is called Gaudet, G-A-U-D-E-T-E. -E. It's a Latin word that means rejoice. But in the Advent, or at least we should be considering it as we're going through the Advent season, 
is not only are we remembering the birth of our Savior, but it also points us to what he came to do. He came to be born, obviously. But his purpose was to go to the cross so that our sins can be forgiven by grace through faith. But there's another promise. He's coming again to establish, if you will, his kingdom on this earth, Revelation chapter 20. And in that, the whole earth is going to be filled with peace, joy, and hope. All of it. So the Advent season, not only is it for the purpose of remembering the birth of our Savior, but it's an anticipation of a fulfillment of why he came. And so this morning, I want us to go and, and, and look, if you will, at Matthew chapter 1. And specifically, I want to read for you in verses 18 to 21. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus at least brings the joy of salvation. And in fact, that's what his name means, doesn't it? You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save. In fact, the, the word Jesus, the name Jesus, means Savior. It means Messiah. It's the same word in the Hebrew for the, word, for the name of Joshua. The leader, if you will, the Savior. And what did Joshua do? He took the people of Israel into the promised land. What is our Savior going to do? Oh, help me with this. Someone help me preach this morning. He's going to take us into the promised land. He's the Savior. And so in, even in his name alone, Jesus Christ brings us joy of our salvation. But I want to tie this a little bit closer, a little bit, a little bit snugger, if I can. I don't know if there's such a word. But, but this morning, I want us to see the connection that the Bible makes with salvation and joy. Don't turn to it, but just let me give it to you. Psalm 51. Those of you, I'm sure, remember that Psalm 51 was written by David. It was his, if you will, psalm of repentance. He penned it after he was confronted by the prophet Nathan 
for the sin that he had committed with Bathsheba. But in verse 12, I don't know if you remember it clearly, but in verse 12 of Psalm 51, David says, Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, but restore unto me the joy of your salvation. The prophet Isaiah, interestingly though, writes of another time in chapter 12 and verse 3. For listen to these words of Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3, where it says, With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. From the, if you will, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. He's referring to a future time of when Jesus, if you go back and read Isaiah 12, I'll I'll leave that to you. He's speaking about the time of when Jesus, the Messiah, if you will, the king, is going to be ruling on this earth. And everything is going to be brought back to that position that Revelation 20 talks about. But Isaiah is saying, even in that, we can go and draw joy from the wells of salvation what what a beautiful picture that is of both david and isaiah referring to if you will a joy that there is in salvation y'all look like you've swallowed a prune this morning you want to be having this medication i got in my mouth it tastes bad But you know what? As I was talking to uh, the individual who came and prayed this morning with me, I so look forward to the fact that knowing full well that not even a cold can make it into heaven. These things are temporary. I don't know how many days this taste is going to be in my mind. I got one more take. I got three more pills to take yet. Good Lord have mercy. But I still have a joy because even in the midst of this circumstance, I know that my God reigns. And it reminds me, as he has said, as Jesus said in John chapter 14, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I'm coming again to receive you unto myself. Where there I am, you may be also. Someone help me with an amen. amen. That's joy. No matter how dark, it's going to rain this afternoon. I don't care. I'd really rather have it to be snow. Everybody say amen. (laughs) But God is in control. He is the master. And when you begin to understand that Jesus brings joy in our salvation, knowing full well, that him being born, and that blows my mind how God can be born, but him being born in a manger didn't stay there. Now, I'm going to give you, on, on Christmas Eve night, we're going to look at three things. We're going to look at songs that we've sang that speak of Jesus. 
Then we're going to look at what did Jesus say? And then lastly, what would you say? Songs say, Jesus says, what would you say? But here we are in a, in a wonder and a glory of realizing that this is only the beginning. Christ had a plan. God had a plan. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three in one, had a plan. And here we are, Joseph is pondering, what am I going to do? And the angel said, fear not. Take unto you Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she's going to bring forth a son. And you're going to call his name what, everybody? Jesus. Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sin. Joy. Well, we don't, we don't need to stop there. Now turn over to Mark chapter 1. It's too bad that we don't focus on these passages more during the year instead of just on the, on the Advent season. But in, in Luke chapter 1, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 1, verse 39 to 45. Uh, let me set for you the stage. The angel previously comes to Mary. And gives her the news that Joseph got. Now, in the, it begins by in the sixth month. That wasn't Mary's pregnancy. That's Elizabeth's pregnancy. And all of you that walk through, walk through Bethlehem understand what I'm talking about right now. Elizabeth, previously, six months before Mary was going to have a child. And obviously, Mary goes and visits Elizabeth. Now, we ought to stop right there and spend about an hour. Because I'm amazed in this Christian life how many times God directs you to people that will help you get through what you don't understand. Aren't you? If you don't have someone like that, then you've got to hook up with someone like that. that that's why people like me, we get old. We, we've, we've rowed that boat that you're talking about. And all we can do is share with you what the God did for us. And, and so here Mary... She's getting this news, if you will, from the angel Gabriel. You know all about that, Matthew chapter 1, or Luke chapter 1, excuse me. But now she comes to Elizabeth. Look at verse, if you will, verse 39. In those days, Mary's went with haste into, oh, that, that shepherd haste. He gets around, don't he? Oh, you'll find, you'll see him in another passage, by the way. 
In those days, Mary rose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby in her womb. Who's her baby? John the Baptist. He's the forerunner. He's the one promised in the book of Isaiah. The forerunner. Okay. Leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Now, all of you ladies that were blessed to be able to carry children, I don't know how many of them leaped in your womb. In fact, I don't even want to even try to begin to understand what that feels like. But I do know that when my wife is carrying our children, I'd watch her stomach move. And she baby moving. But to have a baby leap probably took her breath away. But the amazing thing of it was, did you notice what she said? Elizabeth said, leaped for what, everybody? Joy. Leap for joy. Now, how do you connect that with salvation? Well, what did Elizabeth say? You're carrying my Lord. My salvation. Look up that word Lord. It's an interesting word. It's more than just a word. That, it's more than just a name we give to the Lord, Jesus Christ. It literally means Messiah, King. He's the Savior. That's who he is. And even before John the Baptist was born, he leaped for joy because of the Messiah, salvation has come. Oh, I, uh, too often we don't contemplate these things enough. But now go to, go to Matthew 2. Remember Matthew, Luke, stay, stay there. We're going to be going back and forth. Matthew chapter 2. This is another part of the Christmas narrative that that, that just astounds me. It's the wise men. It's the narrative of the wise men. And, and, and you know the story. Uh, they've, they've come into Herod. And, and they're inquiring of him, where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we have come to worship him, for we have seen his star. In the east. And they knew that that star was a special kind of star. It was different than anything else. And there's not an artist that can even begin to paint what that star must have looked like. It had to be that extravagant. You'll never see it again. Because that star 
that mark the destination is now, if you will, coming in a personal form one day. His name is Jesus. <laughs> so dynamic that is that John writes for us in Revelation chapter 19 that, and I looked and behold, he was coming who sat on a white stallion. Not just a horse, I'm talking a stallion. And he has in his vesture, King of kings and Lord of lords. You want to talk about the fulfillment of salvation? There it is. He's coming again. But at the time, the star was used by God, placed in a place that these wise men came. And they asked Herod, where is he? Oh, we can stay an hour here too. Because what did Herod do before he got all hot and bothered? He, he, notice what it says. <clears throat> In verse 3, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born, and they told him in Bethlehem of Judea, so as written by the prophet. Out of you, O Bethlehem, out of you, though you're small, the smallest is going to come the biggest. His name is Jesus. And then we know, I probably should have Herod, Herod for Herod. <laughs> One of the Roman soldiers did say, all hail Herod, or Herald. You know, but anyway, I, I should have him stand and, and yell out what he's supposed to. Wise men, go and search for this young child, and when you found him, Bring me word that I may worship him also. And so they left and they followed this star to where the young child was. Now, now we're at our text. Here we go. We're at our text, verse 9 and 10. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them, and it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with what, everybody? Exceedingly with great joy. And when they arrived, they found the king that they were looking for. But what's amazing is this. Don't miss that word, worshipped. Worshipped. They bowed before the Savior with great joy. I, I hope you caught it by now. That during the Advent season, Jesus brings joy in our salvation. My, my, my. And, and time is fleeting, just as my voice is. So let's move on to the second one, shall we? And now, joy leads to proclamation. 
I know you got comfortable in Matthew 2. Now go to Luke 2. Luke chapter 2 is my favorite, favorite Advent passage. And we're in the same country. Shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, an angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. King James says, sore afraid. In other words, big time. Big time. But the angel said unto them, fear not. For I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign unto you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. But when the angels went away, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem to see this thing which the Lord has made known unto us. So they went with haste. And there they found Mary and Joseph and the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Oh, it doesn't stop there. Because it tells us that they began to tell people in the town everything that they had heard and seen. Joy brings with it proclamation. It's amazing. Now, I, I know that there are times and seasons in our life that, that we like to share things with people concerning events. Some of you were doing that most recently, touting around with your cell phone, showing the deer that the Lord had blessed you with. I saw some of it even on Facebook. You know, and bragged about how many points it was. How many stakes you got out of it. How difficult it was to hunt that big boy down. And, and, and then when you, when, uh, and it's a great thing, when you have a baby. When, when we had our children, there was no such thing as Facebook. We didn't know what that was. So we picked up the call phone and called our parents. We were excited. Got to the fifth one. Mom and dad, it's another girl. <laughs> but when our, when our last one was born, our, my son, the doctor was that excited. Because she knew we had five girls. And so here's this son, and she's tossing this son up and down, umbilical cord still connected. <laughs> and, 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 and I love to tell that story because it embarrasses my son. <laughs> it's great. 
Events of life cause us in great joy to proclaim the wonders. Now, if, if we would go to that extent, and it's a great extent, I'm not taking anything away from it. We go to that great extent to get excited about a human baby. Can you imagine the shepherds seeing the Messiah? It changed them. How did it change them? Well, now you've got to do research. And, and if you want to, just go into some Bible commentaries and you will find out that shepherds were not invited to parties. They, they were not allowed to be near people. They were declassified, if you will, in society. In fact, the passage begins by saying that they were in the hill country at night watching over their sheep. That's where they belonged. No one gave them the time of day. And yet when you stop to think about it, what society said they could not do, God said, I want you to see. They were the first ones to see this glorious Savior, Jesus. And they couldn't keep it quiet. Oh, they began to proclaim. They began to talk to people about the things that they had seen and heard. They couldn't keep it quiet. Let me ask you a question. That's a thought-provoking question, I trust. We have the greatest story to tell. And it's about the birth of our Savior. What a wonderful time in the season to be able to share that. And one time when my wife and I were Christmas shopping many years ago, we walked into this clothing store and they're playing this rock group called White Snake. I don't even know if they still go. And I said to my wife, I said, isn't that the most beautiful Christmas music you've ever heard in your life? Well, you couldn't understand a single word they're saying. But I got to talk to the person who was cashing us out. I said to her, do you know what Christmas really is all about? It's not about white snake. It's not about these things we purchased. It's about a savior who was born. We never got checked out faster than any other place. <laughs> then one time I, we walked into Boscov's, down, down up here, down Lebanon. And I surprised the person. I said, you know what? My daddy owns this. What was your last name, Boscov? I said, no, it's Wygant. But I'm not talking about Mr. Boskov. I'm talking about the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He owns it all. Again, quickly. <laughs> cash them out. Get them out. But we have joy to proclaim. Don't walk around the stores. I know they're crowded. I got that. I understand that. Don't walk around with a gloom face. 
Rejoice in knowing that we have a Savior who was born. What great joy that is. Great joy. Lastly, oh my word, time is gone and I feel like a mummy. I'm wrapped for time. It's this. Joy leads to praise. You're still in Luke chapter 2? Notice as, as the shepherds leave their area, as they, I mean, as they go back to their flocks, it says they were praising God for all the things that they saw and heard. Praise. I, I really like that phrase. We, we need to put the praise on. Or we offer a, 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 a praise offering to him. Because he's worthy. He's worthy. And that's what their shepherds were contemplating. The fact of it is that they were praising God. For all that they had seen. All that they had heard. And to think when no one else wanted them. The Messiah welcomed them to come. What a joy that we have. What a joy. Uh, may, may I leave with you, in, in closing, may I just leave with you uh, three, three quick things. Just three. The first one is this. Seeing that Jesus brings us joy in our salvation, my question to you this morning is, do you know him as your Savior? I, I guarantee you, it'll be the greatest decision you've ever made in your life to come to know and to understand that not only did God come and provide a way of salvation, but he's opened the doors for fellowship with him that we can be called sons and daughters of the king. John writes it for us in, in 1 John chapter 1 where he says, These things we've written unto you that your joy may be full. A proper relationship with Jesus Christ brings joy to know and understand that no longer am I under the condemnation of God. I've been set free. And it doesn't matter what this world throws at us, dear people. Because what awaits us, as Paul says, all the sufferings of this world can't compare to the glory that awaits us. That's what we have. And, and, and if you don't know Christ, if you've never trusted Christ, could I at least give to you the words of the angels? Today is born for you in the city of David, the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Do you know him? Uh, secondly, if, if you know Christ as your Savior, then you ought to be telling people about it. And there's no better season than now. Walking through Wise Market, I see all these husbands pushing carts for their wives, and, and they don't want to be there. 
And I, and I say to them, what did your wife tell you to get you here? Their answer is the same thing she told you. I said, no. Well, why are you so happy? I said, I'm, not, I'm, I'm joyful. Well, what's the difference? Oh, I'm glad you asked. You get to tell them about the greatest gift of all time. Jesus, who is the Christ, the son of the living God. Not only did he come as a baby, but he hung on the cross for us. So wonderful is that scene that even the thief said to him, remember me this day when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Oh, I've had an hour to develop that particular sermon. That there's power at the cross that even in death, this thief recognized Christ. And then he realized that not that he just died on the cross, paid the penalty of a sin that I could not pay, but he rose again from the dead and he's coming again to life. Wow. You want a fast lane into the checkout counter? Just start telling people about Jesus. They'll get out of your way. It's amazing. But then praise. We have so much to praise him for. Uh, We need to praise him for ourselves. Every day we get up, thank you, Lord, for saving a wretch like me. I didn't deserve it, and neither do you. But it's by his grace through faith that he offers it to us as a free gift. Praise him for his salvation. Praise him for what we have. Praise him, because he's worthy of praise. Oh, we've got one more candle to go. And then the big candle, Christ's candle. Oh, you got to come Christmas Eve. We're going to put the praise on. I guarantee you, we got special music. We got singing. Oh, my word. What a glorious time it's going to be. Join us. Join us. Jesus brings us joy of salvation, joy of proclamation, and joy of praise. Nothing is better than that, than this season. Let's pray together. Dear Lord God of heaven, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the triune Godhead, we praise you for this day, for this season. A reminder of our Savior who came and dwelt amongst men, took on the form of man and dwelt among us, died for us, rose again for us, and is coming again for us. How we praise you. And I ask, O Lord God, that as this season begins to climax on a week from tomorrow, Christmas Day, 
that we won't be captured by all the glitz, but we would be captured by your grace, for you're worthy. And we praise you in your name. Amen.